podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you ever just thought to yourself, why me? Why is life so unfair? What do other people see? When they watch me walk by, when I catch my reflection, people run like I have a contagious infection. But it's not my mental health. I know that can be crushing. I'm talking about plaque psoriasis. Bet you didn't see that coming. I'm sick of the judgment, the discomfort and itching. Vitama Cream is the once daily steroid-free treatment I know I've been missing. Vitama Tepinarov Cream 1% is a prescription topical treatment for adults with plaque psoriasis. Do not use if you're allergic to Vitama Cream. The most common side effects of Vitama Cream include red raised bumps around the hair pores, pain or swelling in the nose and throat, skin rash or irritation, including itching and redness, peeling, burning or stinging, headache, itching and flu. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you're pregnant or plan to be. Ask your doctor if Vitama Cream is right for you. You deserve more from your topical. To learn more, visit topicaluprising.com.
1887 by a number of Catholics in the east end of the city. The main objective of the club is to supply the East End Conferences of the St Vincent de Paul Society to support those in the missions of St Mary's, Sacred Heart and St Michael's. Many cases of sheer poverty are left unaided through lack of means. A football club will be formed for the maintenance of the dinner tables of our needy children. That's not a bad way to start off the show, is it, Brian? Incredible. Great stuff. Um, I was kind of signing along. I had to mute myself. I wasn't sure if you could hear me. I, was I could along see you. I could see you punching the air. And it was... Uh, and listen, <clears throat> one of my favourite parts of that is actually the spoken word section. <laughs> it just, you know me and the, the romance and the story and the, the, the sort of cinematic element of it. I just, I just think it's absolutely brilliant. It's been doing really well as well, so... so long it has. It has. And that's what's important. Jim mentioned that last week. As long as we can raise funds for St Mary's, that's exactly why we're doing this. It's just a different way of capturing people's attention, raising awareness. And if you like the tune, you want to help, you can stream it for free on all the usual platforms or you can download it on the link below. It's always a pleasure to have you with us on a Friday, Jim Or, And you will be back with us on Christmas Day. Can you tell us a wee bit about that? 12.30, Christmas Day. And Ben Bertie special that we did for the charity weekender last week, raising money for St Mary's Dig Deep guys. Yeah, so you obviously you're sitting here just now thinking, what should I be doing for Christmas? That last minute Christmas present, Ben Bertie, start of February, off you go, guys. Yeah, and, and Paul's been good enough to play the whole thing again at half past 12. Where Des McLean and Paul John Dykes and myself spend an hour talking about Bertie Alt. Uh, so if you get a chance, watch it at half past 12 Christmas Day. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the whole weekend, to be fair. Um, although, uh, to quote a, a famous line out of one of my favourite films, Get Carter, my eyes were like piss holes in the snow by the end of it, um, looking at a screen for 26 hours. But there's loads to talk about, um, plenty to discuss. We're going to start off with some of the comments coming through. It's always um, a great pleasure to see those familiar names coming up and a few names uh, that we're not so familiar with creeping into the, the comment section recently. So, Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Donny Boy 67 Merry Christmas, PGD, and all at Axon. And that's important because there's about 19 or 20 contributors across the board, including the boys and girls from the legendary live chat. And to all good Celtic folk the world over, much love from Doric Country, Mon the Celts. Indeed, I hope everybody is well. Looking forward to enjoying your Christmas with friends, family, and within the community spirit as well. Now, Magnet 67 Afternoon, Axom team. Looking f- for us getting, looking forward to us getting back to the rip roaring footy tomorrow. Rip roaring, rip roaring. Where is Big Tony? Big Tony with his rip roaring football. Uh, we, we need him back so we can start scoring some goals. We need to improve our chance creation and execution. Still think we'll see double figures. Right, 
Let's start off with that then, Magnet. We hit nine against Dundee United. We have destroyed teams. By the way, we, we destroyed Tibbs 6-1 fairly recently, Brian. But again, I'm not going to say we scraped past Livingston, but let's have a look at the last five league games, right? Livingston 2-1, Aberdeen 1-0, Ross County 2-1, Motherwell 2-1, Dundee United 4-2 with two last-minute goals. Um, I've got some of the... the general stats around the, the possession and the shots on target which we'll get to but if you look at those five fixtures collectively and I know pre-World Cup, post-World Cup Brian, but there is something at the moment missing, there is something that's preventing us from this rip-roaring football that we have seen under Ange Postecoglou over the last 18 months, what do you think it is? So I think <clears throat> it's going to seem very harsh but I think a lot of it comes down to the strikers and the, the amount of chances and I think Ange's almost called it out by saying there's you know players are supposed to be in a position and they're not if you look at the the, the Aberdeen game <clears throat> yeah Aberdeen were camped in but the amount of balls you know just screaming by the, the six yard box mm-hmm. amount of chances there was a lot of wasteful opportunities um, and it was the same against uh, Livingston and it was the same in the Champions League so the reality is, we've got to say, look, we're creating chances, so we can't be the midfield. The wingers are, are, are scoring goals. I think Hugo's been off form, and I don't know if Yakimakis isn't he starting games because he's signalled he doesn't want to be there, but there's mm. something not quite right up front for me. Yeah. And I know you can always say, it's, it sounds like a, a weird thing to say, like if you're leaking goals, it's not always just a defence. If you're not scoring, it's not always just the attack. But I think in this case... Rick <clears throat> well, Yogo could have scored four or five against Livingston. There were so many balls that the Kyogo last season would have buried. And I think it's just a wee bit off form. And it's as much as we talk about having a great squad, it does concern me that if Big Ange doesn't trust Jack and Marcus, maybe come on and start. Mm. Kyogo's more in form. What are we going to do? Because I don't know if Maeda would be great up front. It's clinical either. Um, so I think something has to change. I think Ange said as much himself. It was a, it's probably the first time he's really kind of had a wee bit of a pop at the team. I would say because he said he's been disappointed before, but he, he kind of signalled out like you know players are supposed to be in certain positions and they're not doing yeah. it, and it's unacceptable. Was his phrase? Mm-hmm. Very clearly talking about the the strikers. That's that's reality. And even he actually he was asked about uh, Abada as well, and he said, "Well, yeah, he's doing well, but he's still." the only positions I told him to be in. So he's clearly unhappy, so I think you're going to see some changes um, tomorrow. But it does come down to the strikers for me at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, yesterday's tagline was based on the comments that Ange had made after the Livingston game. Um, I pinpointed a few of the things. Like you say, the word unacceptable stood out for me as well, Brian. He reckoned that we lacked a cutting edge. Um uh, he was complaining about the soft goal that we lost. Uh, not working hard enough was something he says to get into the positions. And he went on to say, on performance alone, I think there will be some changes for sure. And that's obviously why we discussed where the changes might be yesterday. Today, we're looking also at um, Celtic doing the, the talking on the pitch Jim, and we will be talking about uh, the fact that people, footballers, now take to social media to let their emotions mm-hmm. um, out and let their feelings known. And we'll talk about the pros and cons of social media when it comes to Celtic players and footballers in general. But to ask you the same question that I opened up with, um, that I asked Brian, what do you think it is at the moment? Because some of these games look a lot tighter than they perhaps were when you look at the possession, mm-hmm. the chances created, etc. 
I think before I say anything, I don't want to be too negative. But nine points clear, you know, so that's a good thing because I think uh, you don't want to get to that entitled area where people say, well, nine points clear is good. This time last year, we were, if we can keep on their coattails, we'll do quite well. So, so it's a good thing to be nine points clear. However, the big chap said it was unacceptable, so obviously it is mm. unacceptable. I think that, I've said this before in the podcast, I think when we took nine goals off Dundee United at Tannadice, and then we beat, uh, we won 4-0 in the Glasgow derby. At that point, you thought every team in the league are going to fear us now. They'll be thinking, we could be on a hiding here. We yeah. better watch this. And then the defeat at St Mirren kind of like untangled that. And I think since then, with maybe one or two exceptions, the Hibs game being an obvious one, we've kind of, we've just got over the line. And as a football fan, you know what it's like, you're sitting there the other night, you're sitting there when a bad goal gets chopped off and there's seven minutes of injury time, you're thinking... We're going to lose a daft goal here. But think of it, teams under Ange, we've never lost a daft goal late in the game. You know, we've never, we've never blown points right at the death. I mean, yeah. rivals have. We haven't. And you think, but a lot of averages, at some point we're going to lose this late goal. But it's never actually happened. So I just think that that even before the, winter, even before the World Cup, uh, we were uh, putting teams to the sword. We need to get that cutting edge back as soon as possible. I was I had the argument not the I had, I had a debate with Alan Morrison a few weeks ago and, and uh, Alan was talking about the stats of the things and I was just really frustrated a number of times. I mean we're, we're really good to watch, we're really good on the eye, we play a lot of good football, but once we hit that you know, 18, 20 yards out, we're hopeless. Absolutely hopeless. And the number of times we played these kind of dinky balls over the top against Ross County. Uh-huh. And I was going to say, stop, just please stop doing that. And Alan was saying, well, you know what? If that comes off, then, then the chances are increased. No, just find the space, shift it and shoot. Shift it and shoot all the time. And I watched the Aberdeen game on my own, on the telly last Saturday. And I shouted at the telly three times, Gonny, stop doing that. <laughs> Gonny, stop doing that. I thought you were, you were shouting at the telly because maybe Kevin McCluskey and I were on the screen. Because we were watching along with you there, Jim. Thankfully, it was us that was getting the IR. Just shoot. And, and it's a major bugbear in mind that maybe not even just, just Celtic, number two football players can't hit the target for 20 yards. You train all week so that when it comes to Saturday, the way, whatever day you're playing, you execute these things. You hit the ball mm. and you get it on target. And you never know, you might score a goal or it may get a deflection or the keeper might spill the ball or something or something. And the first decent shot we had comes three minutes for the end and we score the goal. You know, and you watch the game the other night, Aberdeen game, the guy shoots, the goalkeeper spills it, he gets a rebound, it's a goal. You know, we need to shoot and shoot more often. And our shooting has to be better. Um, so I'm not too convinced it's, it's, it's down to the strikers because everyone has to contribute. And we've got players who have a dig. You know, Yota has a dig. Turnbull yeah. has a dig. Hattati has a dig. O'Reilly has a dig, Juranovic when he plays. These are guys who have a dig. We also another night a couple of good digs from outside the box. We yeah, need to shoot more, and our shooting has to be better. Uh, there's maybe issues about the confidence of Kyogo, but again, he scores a goal. So, you know, if he scores a goal every game you play, you can't argue with that. Uh, but we get three points against Aberdeen, and we get three points against Livingston, and we, and we move on. But it's a concern that, that we're not putting teams away, and if you don't put teams away, they get more and more confident as the game goes on. And that's what I'm saying that. You know, if we'd have played Livingston after the 9 0 game, we'd have came to Celtic Park thinking, if we get out here with a 2 or 3 0 defeat, we'll be doing well. But as there's seven minutes of injury time, and they're right in the game. Yeah. And that's been the change for me. And, and there's maybe 
a number of players, maybe not playing the way they played in the start. Yota, for me, I mean, Yota was outstanding in the first maybe six, seven games of the season. But the other mm-hmm. night, these kind of exaggerated stepovers he was doing, it was like watching Riverdance. You just think he's... Do the simple things, get the ball in the box, have some shots. We're a, we're a, I think we're a really good team and we're really good to watch. If we can crack that, you know, 20 yards for goal thing, and I just think we need to shoot a bit more. And if we shoot a bit more, we'll score more goals. And I've got a very simple view of football. Shoot a bit more and you'll score a few more goals. And uh, I think we'll give a, I think we'll, we will give a team a doing at some point in time. But I think with a lot of averages, if we don't kill teams off, with a lot of averages... Somebody will sneak a goal against us and it'll cost us points. Eventually. Yeah, I I like the point you make there about the fact that we completely dismantled Dundee United 9-0, you know, and it could well have gone into double figures. The nearest challengers get absolutely obliterated as well. And I think it's, it's a decent point that Jim makes, Brian. You know, teams are going to be looking at that saying, we could easily be on the end of that. Hibs got it. They got absolutely smacked 6-1. And then you look at these last five fixtures that I'm talking about and focusing on here and they're a lot tighter even though a 4-2 often times is, is an easier scoreline than it would suggest two of those goals were in the last minute that was a really tight game and if we look at uh, shooting I think it is the quality of the shots as well so over the five games 118 shots 118 shots over the five games so on average we're about 23 and a half shots um, a game Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. And we have scored in that period of the 118 shots, 11 goals. So it's taken us almost 11 chances to score a goal. So it, it is the quality as well. But again, going back to previous teams, we had a, a scenario not that long ago, a few seasons back, where we, you know Stuart Armstrong could score goals from outside the box. Paddy Roberts could score goals. Musa Dembele was very good at scoring goals. Lee Griffiths. Um, and you know I'm looking at players like O'Reilly for a wee bit more. He's not scored this season. Um, I know Turnbull, that, that's part of his game, but he's not really getting the games. Is that a concern for you, Brian, that we're not sometimes just opening teams up? Um, or is it difficult because there's 22 legs behind the ball and it's trying to get through that and negotiate it? I think it's a mixture of both. Um, I, I think there is times like... One of the reasons I never do pre- and post-matches is because I'm far too emotional, right, too excited. And I'd like Jim, I was screaming during the Aberdeen game for somebody just to shoot and eventually maybe get done. So I get that point. But yeah, I think it is sometimes that it's trying to be too calculated. But again, it goes back to it. Like, <clears throat> you look at the chances against Livingston, and I take Jim's point. We won the game, we're still nine points ahead. But my worry is at some point, we're not going to have, you know, six chances to score one goal. We, we, and I think this is what Angie's thing is like. So if you look at it compared to last season, we're better. Mm-hmm. Or we were like the start of this season was better than the start of last season. But I think so far, the past, as you say, the past five games, we've not been quite as sharp as we have been. And I think I just continue looking for improvements, which is the way you want to be, right? You don't want to just be as good as you were, you want to be even better. So I think that's where the frustration's coming a wee bit. 
Now it's like we'd be <clears throat> in a much worse position if we had to score. Uh, if Leinster had to score the late goal to be in a draw, or we drop points. So at this point, we're, we're in this position. But I'm a, I just I don't want to say concerned, but I just think that I say we need to be far more clinical. It was really apparent in Europe, and, and some of that was just due to you know individuals missing chances and squaffing chances. That was the reality because we we're cheating yeah. the chances. Surely buying them, but you go right. Well, it's Europe, it's Real Madrid, it's Leipzig, etc. Understand, but against Livingston, you know that was an own goal, and then a cue goal, goal, and with all those chances, that could have finished one each. I mean, I mean, for them goals, so it's just things like that. Like we just, I just want to be a bit more clinical, kind of all over. And I do agree that maybe the midfielders need to chip in a bit more, but at the same time, if um, if the, the strikers are more clinical. Because even when Yaki Marcus, when he came on, had a couple of chances, he wasn't quite there. You feel maybe he's a confident player. So I think you'll see maybe whenever we've had a wee challenge with it, a wee setback, and just sort of reset it, and we seem to have come back stronger. So I don't imagine it's going to be sort of a crisis. I think it's just maybe we've different form, maybe we've got a lack of confidence. Maybe it's just the case the past couple of games, they've sat in so much, it's been hard to actually find the space in the box. Um, so I'm not overly concerned, but. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's a few a few bombs going to get kicked to train off by Ganja, I would imagine. No luck. Um, yeah, we're going to continue to bring in uh, the comments. Thank you very much for getting involved. You're commenting on YouTube. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, it is now exclusively Celtic content on the Axom YouTube channel. All the other stuff we do will be elsewhere on a state of mind in the new year. Big day today. Find out from four where the single has placed on the UK official charts. I assume you're aware the position that's been mentioned all week is the iTunes chart, not the official UK chart. Yep, that would be um, a huge achievement if we were to get into the official charts. I think that um, there would have been more of a chance. Just this is me talking to a lot of bands over the last couple of years that have been in and out of the studio. Had we uh, done a digital release and a physical release, um, and that's obviously why we've been talking about the iTunes charts because it was digital only. But had we done the physical, I think there would have been a bigger chance because what bands do now is you can do the bundles, Brian. I don't know if you were aware of this. So you go into a website now, say Liam Gallagher releases a single, and you can buy a bundle. And as long as the single's part of the bundle and there's a T-shirt in there, etc., etc., each item that's sold counts towards a chart placing. So you can buy a single which comes with a T-shirt and a different version of the single, and that counts as three. Interesting. So if you look at Liam's uh, albums fairly recently, there was bundles and you could buy live down the Thames and live at Hull and it was all just a ploy to get you to number one. So yeah, we were aware of that, but it was just time really because producing the video, getting the song re-recorded and getting it out there um, was difficult enough. Maybe next year. Maybe next year uh, we'll do that on next year's single. Um, now, when we're talking about uh, the Glory and the Dream, the charity weekend, or before we move on, to the St. Johnston game and everything else that's been happening, Jim. Um, we had an opportunity during the World Cup. I'm sitting in the studio with Lawrence and I says to him, you know, we could sit here for two hours and nobody's going to watch us because the World Cup's on and Argentina are playing and Messi's going to win the World Cup and it's a really, really good you know, showcase, France v Argentina. Why don't I just play this archive footage that Jim Orr gave me? So I pressed play on it and it was the Save Ourselves material, Jim. I don't know if you got a chance yeah. to watch it. And it was Joe Beltrami and Brian Dempsey and Terry Cassidy and all these great and not so great names and faces. And I played it to the watching audience during the World Cup. 
But I just want to go back on that because it was it was largely under the radar, Jim, simply because of the time that it went out. And obviously you and I have already worked on the proper, fully polished version of that that will drop onto the YouTube channel in the new year. But take us back to that that time. Joe Beltrami, what a speaker he was. What an orator Brian Dempsey was as well, watching that footage back. You youngsters in your pop charts. Hey, <laughs> hey, Brian Dempsey and his Buffon. Aye, I mean, there's a whole kind of... Uh, we organised a couple of meetings and had to get people along and I was the guy charged with finding some people. So uh, we had a we had a well-known journalist who was going to chair the meeting who, who, who backed out a couple of weeks before it was on because he felt as if he didn't want to be aligned with kind of Celtic fans. So, uh, and it just so happened that the previous day was a, a letter in the, in the Glasgow Herald from Joe Boltrami, a really long letter, uh, sl- uh, slot on the board. And I thought, he's quite a high-profile guy. I should maybe phone him and see if I can get him to come along. Because when you're doing this kind of stuff, you don't really think about, this is Joe Beltrami, who's like, you know, back in the 60s in Glasgow, it was get Beltrami. That was the kind of saying that people had for you youngsters out there, basically. So uh, so he was a criminal lawyer for the bad guys, basically. <laughs> so get Beltrami. So, so I phoned Joe Beltrami's office, and, and then they asked you the question, like, who's calling? And it's one of the first things I said it's out, out loud. It's Jim Law from Save Ourselves. And it sounded ridiculous when I said it out loud. And I could tell that the person on the design was thinking that sounds ridiculous as well. What do what you mean? That's a Celtic supporters campaign. I'll put you through. And this big booming voice comes on. Yes, Mr. O, how are we going to go to this board then? You thought, well, obviously he's a kindred spirit. And I get to go and see him the next day. And he spoke for two hours about how in the 50s, well, Bob Kelly was this and that. So he came along. And as you say, he was a quite a kind of larger-than-life character and managed to get Brian Dempsey to come along and maybe Jim Craig and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Wally Wilson, who was the main guy behind Save Ourself Sport, which was amazing because he's an ordinary guy stands up in front of 400 people and, and talks away and uh, Jed Dunbar, not the view, great guy, he came along as well and then through Brian Dempsey he managed to get Tom Grant and Jimmy Farrell to come along, so that was the, that was the panel uh, that day and they all spoke and, and answered questions and then about 10 months later we did it again and we convinced Terry Casty to come along because up to that point he was never going to entertain anything we were doing so he came along and a guy called Professor Tom Carberry who was interested in the new stadium because uh, he was uh, he had another guy who had a lengthy letter in the Herald and he was slating the board of it plans for canvas lying and it was a nonsense etc and we had Peter Rafferty who was the affiliating secretary at the time and a guy called Brendan O'Hara, who was part of not the few guy who wanted to become an MP. So yeah, and it, and it, and it went quite well. So that's that's the footage of, of of those two events, and it is interesting looking back. I actually did see it because at half time in the World Cup, uh, I kind of seen what was happening in Axon, and I had the the radio, and I've actually got an advert for Ben Berti on the radio. So that was on, and I'm watching this footage, <laughs> and the World Cup was on. So I thought this stuff happening. So that was that was a Last, when was that? Last Sunday, yeah. So, anyway. I'll tell you what, Jim. Uh, you know, you're an activist. That uh, to do all that and be involved on in all that in the early nineties, it's great to watch. And as I said earlier, we're going to have a, a really shiny edited version. Jim and I have already done the interview for it. And then, uh, you know, further down the line, Jim, someone else gave me unseen video footage of someone standing with a camcorder, and it was at the um, 
Celts for Change movement when they went over to Ireland. So there's another chunk of history that is going to end up on a channel for everybody who remembers the, the dark old days of, of the 90s. Um, the Celtic Daz, I think they're now called. Um, we've got a user on the Facebook Malcolm coming James. in. The malcontents, that's right. In fact, didn't you receive a letter from Celtic? I'm not sure who from calling you your movement an embarrassment at that time. Was it Chris White? Chris White said that, yeah. 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 You get lucky enough. I think you can understand their point of view without spending too much time on old stuff. I mean, if you're on the Celtic board, if you have been handed your shares down from generation to generations, you think you're right, everyone else is wrong. So if you were in their shoes, I think you might come come to things, uh, come to their conclusions as well. So hey-ho. Yeah, we got through it, Jim. We got through it. Facebook user, sorry, I don't know who it is, um, but if you do go through that wee registration process, your picture and name will t- come up. What a song. Uh, thanks for your feedback there. And Gordon as well, Gordon Coney. Afternoon, lads. Hope you have a good Christmas when it comes. I hope that for everybody tuning in, um, it's a time of year after some of the things we've had to deal with globally over the last couple of years that you really um, should enjoy that with your friends, family and everyone within your community as well. Robert Highland, I'll say it again. Really like the violin on the single. Who played it, Axon? Girl from the Proclaimers. Well, the bass player from the who is currently touring with the Proclaimers, Robert. He co-wrote the song back in 87. But um, the player that you are referring to is actually Stephen Dowling, um, who played the the fiddle on on the song. It was a real collective. The Wakes are a phenomenal band. Paul Sheridan is a multi-talented individual. And um, I didn't do anything other than put them together. That was it. Ryan Kelly... Does anyone know when a song was played during the game the other night? It sounded great, and I think it's a good. It'd be good on match days. It was quite early doors because I got um, you know when you look around the empty seats, there's so it was quite early doors, um, and the stadium wasn't quite full at that stage. But apparently, it's going to be played again tomorrow. So hopefully, it will get played at half time when everybody is in the stadium. That would be brilliant. I was uh, I read a story with interest this morning. Let's bring it up here where. In an unusual um, kind of move, Celtic will be playing in their awake at home, but it's all for a great cause. Um, and the charity has come out and thanked um, the SPFL clubs for taking part um, in this campaign, and it's a no-home kit campaign. And it's Shelter Scotland um, who are setting this up and pushing and driving it, and I think it's a great initiative. I love my football jerseys, Brian, but people might look at Celtic playing at home in the away kit and say, why are they doing that? And then, obviously, it's raising awareness for the campaign. So Celtic will be wearing one of their away kits. Are you one of these superstitious people who think, I hope it's not the grey one? Because if we wear that, we're going to get beat. No, no, well, I certainly hope not. Anyway, I might be after tomorrow if that's what happens, but let's no, uh, let's no jinx it. Um, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not too superstitious about it. And as you say, it's always... Um, these things are always great and it's nice that Celtic and, you know, they can be quite cynical about Celtic and the board and the, the business side of things at times, but it's nice that there's still that charity ethos and we're doing things for a good cause and just like Gaxom and I said Mr. Charity Weekender because I was doing some charity work with um, the local supporters club, which Axon very kindly donated prizes to. So it's nice this time of year for it to do these charitable things. So it'd be good to see you tomorrow, but yeah, I think this course is not a a grey shirt massacre. That would be that would be a hideous way to end up, but I'm sure we'll be fine. Let's not. Let's not. Jim, what's your thoughts on that? Another great um, opportunity to raise awareness for a fantastic initiative. And again, this is on the back of the foundation raising almost 400 grand for the Christmas campaign, which was just astonishing. 
anything that raises money is is good. And just the thought of when you said that there, Brian, I'm thinking a bit smashy and nicey there. I, like, I can't do that charity thing, but doing that charity thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 notwithstanding no, that. I don't like to talk I'm, about it. I don't like to no, talk I, about it. No, 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 that's, that's, that's good smashy that you're doing on that stuff. Well done, mate. Good, not half. <laughs> no, then, no, then, no. Eh, no, eh. I am superstitious. So, Take that eh, too far, Jim. I know, I am superstitious. So, eh, so I don't think that's a good idea. By all means, raise money for charity. By all means, do what you want to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite superstitious. So, I wouldn't. Don't like the idea of no home kit. That's that's eh, that's not good. But yeah, hopefully, raise lots of money for charity. Yeah, good, good. For sure. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned. Uh, a grey jerseyed massacre, um, which reminds most people who were in English football in the 90s of Man United going to the Dell and getting absolutely pummeled in the first half and changing their jerseys. It was uh, one of those infamous uh, performances. I think they changed into blue and white in the second half. Uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because they were playing Southampton and apparently Southampton are, are showing interest in our young winger, Lille Abada, who I thought made a huge difference when he came on against Aberdeen, Brian. You know, he really did. There was a directness to his play. I think that he really, for some reason, he's got a really good understanding with Tony Ralston. They, they, you know, work really, really well down the right-hand side. And it was was cutting open the Aberdeen defence. What we spoke about before, that cutting edge wasn't there, of course, but we were creating the chances. Um, and, And I think all season we've been talking about some of the comments Ange made about don't get too attached to your heroes. You know, we're going to have to be bold and that's in the incomings and in the outgoings. I'm not ready to lose Avada, O'Reilly, you know, Hatati. I'm not ready to lose these guys, but it is no surprise that a team like Southampton, who are you know will have millions at their disposal, are interested because over the piece, Abada has been sensational since he's came to the club. Oh, yeah, tremendous! Um, it goes back to a point I made, um, I think a couple of weeks ago with Al, and I said that when you look at guys like that coming the team at 19, playing first team football. If we sell him, it's got to be for a, a large, large fee. Given yeah. his age, given length of his contract, given his ability, he's a full international. So if you're going to sell him, you have to maximise it. I'll be gutted if he goes, but if he goes for a, a very, very healthy profit, you can sort of go, right, OK, I, I trust the to replace it. Um, what is interesting, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it, but we look at Premier League clubs sniffed about, I think... Um, Basin Lowell and um, O2 for youth yeah. of both two Premier League teams mm-hmm. which raises the question what, if they're good enough for a Premier League team why are they not good enough to get time for Celtic which is probably a bigger topic I, I dare say we'll talk about later but I think any club looking at Celtic just now looking at how we play looking at the, the way the players play Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We'll be saying, right, these guys can fit straight into most of their teams. Because it's the way Andrew Scott is playing, it's, you know, one touch, fast movement, very clever, interchanging. And these are all the qualities that are going to go to these teams down south and do well. Um, especially with guys like O'Reilly, you mentioned as well, with his physicality. You know, he's big, he's athletic. It's, it's a part I think Abada would do well. Um, would I like to lose any of those guys like you? No, no, really. But I think it's just the nature of the beast at the moment. And if it makes sense financially, then you have to say, I don't think we're in a position to knock it back, but we have to maximise this. The same way Janovic, if he goes, I said before, at less than 25 million for Janovic, I would knock back. Mm-hmm. I'm honest. I think you have to hold out and maximise it. Um, I mean, imagine if we sold a badder for like 8 million. I think that'd be robbery for a player yeah. of his <laughs> he was playing the championship down south, he'd be triple that. So I think we have to hold a high standard here if we are going to sell these guys. Hopefully we don't. Um, and I think Celtic are, you know, financially responsible enough that we're in a good position that we don't need to sell anybody. Oh, I said the offer's too good, but it has to be too good. It can't just be, you know, six million. I hear have them. That's that's not good enough for us anymore. It has to be higher. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Jim. I'm going to come to yourself because um, a bad as a player you have discussed on the Axon Bulletin <clears> uh, for <throat> some time. I think it's a good point Brian makes there because you've named Brian, you've named uh, Ewan O2 and um, he's had a a very successful loan deal um, at Clyde where he was a standout at Clyde. But it's that old, as you say, it's a really deep discussion that you could have over a a number of podcasts uh, on a Celtic state of mind in and around how we are developing players, how we're able to get them from that B team into the first team. And at the moment, it's certainly not working. And other clubs are coming in. I mean, um, you know, Held, Leo Held left. And, uh, you know, we've also lost Okaflex. We've lost uh, Dembele and various other players, uh, many of whom have gone. Lol, is it? I think it's Brentford yeah. interesting role. Yeah, so Brentford <clears throat> tore up the traditional route of having the academy pr- producing their own, but they will handpick players from other clubs and, and they see that as being a, a more beneficial way of developing and bringing in talent. But interestingly enough, you know, some people might be listening to this and they might not have a great knowledge of you and O2. The only reason I do is because of the, the Clyde boys who used to come into the studio uh, raving about him. But he's 20-year-old. Leela Bader's 21-year-old. Now, so that shows you if your your pathway, Jim, is at Celtic, it can sometimes hit a brick wall. If it's elsewhere, it could be a Leela Bader scenario where he comes to Celtic with a lot of senior football under his belt, international recognition under his belt. But we're not able to provide that. So tell me your thoughts about Abada first and foremost, and also where we're going wrong in terms of developing our youth players. I've been racking my brains in the past two or three minutes when we were talking, going back to the football strips, that there was a famous <laughs> game in England in the, in the early 70s. I think it was maybe Stoke and Arsenal. And Arsenal scored a goal that was clearly offside at the time. And Stoke were wearing white, white strips that day, all white. 
And during the games back in the 70s, there was guys walking around the park wearing white coats that sold programmes or something. Right. And the linesman thought the guy with the white coat was a Stoke player. So he was playing the Arsenal guys on the side, big, big controversy at the time. Anyway, uh, I said a few weeks ago, football players now are a wee bit like chess players. Don't get too attached. They're there to perform a function, and, that, and that's that. And I also think there's an optimum time to sell players. Uh, I don't want to see a bad a go. I think he's been, you know, last season he was one of the major factors we won the league. Uh, I think the last couple of games he's been great. He's got lots of energy about him. I don't think he's the most skillful player in the world. You know, he, he, he doesn't beat a player with skill. He might beat him a bit of pace and he's very direct. Mm. And he's good. And with Ralston there, I think they've got a really good partnership. I think he gets the ball and he waits for Tony. Where's Tony? There's Tony. I'll pass to Tony. And then he moves himself into the box, I think. Yeah. And what was noticeable the other night, I felt, I was quite surprised when they brought, when they brought on Burnaby. I thought they'd have brought on Jens and maybe shifted Starfield out to the right. Because Taylor, great season that he's having, he looked really, really awkward there. So a couple of times he had the ball on his right foot, cut back inside because he couldn't cross the ball on his right foot. That's another bugbear of mine. The fact that players are so one-footed, apart from Messi, players are so one-footed, basically they should be better than that. And I just think we lack a bit of physicality in the team. This is a different point, are we, are we off to now? And with Taylor and Bada doing that right wing the other night, and Burnaby coming in as well, I'm thinking Livingston, big physical team, we could be in trouble here. Anyway, that was a big major tangent off there. Try and keep Abada as long as we can, but it's become a, mm-hmm. a time where we'll get an offer that's too good to refuse. And if, if Southampton or someone else come in with a silly bid of 25 million or something like that, you need to take it. It's that simple. Uh, I don't want us to lose with players. I think Yakimakis is getting uh, 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 getting treated rather harshly these days. Uh, said before, or Angie said before, it's not his job to keep players happy. And Africa said, well, it is. <laughs> because there's loads of issues that players have. And I'm not saying that you, know, you have to keep them happy in every single issue. But if I'm Yakimakis, I'm thinking, I should be getting more minutes here. Mm. Uh, and I'm not. And every time I'm... I do play, I tend to score or I make things happen. Another night, he comes on, he takes 10 minutes and Kyogo, he scored the goal, but he did virtually nothing the whole game. If I'm Yaki Marcus watching that, I'm thinking, I should be on the pitch here. And the first thing he did the other night, I don't know if you noticed it, somebody fizzed the ball at him and he rose up and he just chested it and he brought it down and he played a really good pass. You know, so the guy's really talented and I don't understand why he's not on the team more. And, and I'll be dead annoyed if, if he goes and if he goes for something like 7 or 8 million I'll be dead annoyed I know people are saying well he's 28 years old however old he is top scorer in the Dutch league last year uh, two years ago top scorer in the Scottish league in any market in the world that's worth a lot more than 7 or 8 million that's getting quoted just now Yeah, I think he has to play tomorrow and he has to get some games under his belt and he has to play at Ibrox definitely because he's the guy that's made the difference in those games the game the final game last year Outstanding, and it wasn't. I think he wasn't meant to be playing in that four 0 game, but uh, thing we got injured. Kroger got injured, and in the first ten minutes, didn't he? Then he came on. Yeah. So yeah. For, for me, I think he has to play in those games. But in terms of answer, to answer the question, I think Bad has been fantastic. But if you get a silly offer, then you have to sell him. And I agree with Brian that you know if he offers something like seven or eight million. You know, that's for one leg, forget it, come back another time, I think so. But yeah, for me, don't get attached to the players. Said before, I'd love it in a couple of years' time if Yota's still there and Kyogo's still there and Atati and O'Reilly and Abad and all these kind of guys. But the reality is that they won't be. Uh, certain players will be there. I think Greg Taylor will still be there. Uh, Carl McGregor will still be there. Tony Ross will be there. You get players where you think, well, 
they're never going to leave because of certain circumstances. But the yachters of this world, because how he's played the last couple of games, I'm thinking, you know, is, is, has his head maybe been turned? Because you've also got a situation where the Juranovic, they've been talking about that for a while now. He's maybe on his way. He's went to the World Cup. He's, he's mixing with guys that can pay silly money. You know, and he'll be coming back saying, you know, it's what these guys are on. You know, mm-hmm. and football's a short career and you have to make as much money as you possibly can. And although there are other players and you love these kind of guys, don't get too attached. Well, Jim, I am attached. That's the problem. Um, I am attached. However, I, I totally Don't buy Matt O'Reilly pyjamas, but never buy Matt O'Reilly pyjamas because somebody else is doing that and that's just, that's a bad idea. Uh, is that right? Fanboy. I'm sure there's a few. I'm sure there is are a few. Um, there is going to be a, a time in the future, Brian, like you said before, where we look back on this group of players that have left. You know, um, Hepburn, Morrison to Bayern Munich. You know, Angelini down south. There's been players going to Blackburn, Liverpool, Ben Doak, all these guys. And we'll have a look back to see where are they now. There'll be a group of players. Where are they now? And some will make it and some won't. And that's the nature of football. Um, but at this moment in time, much bigger issue with regards to the pathway to the first team. But picking up on some of the points that, that, that Jim's raised there, um, and this is in relation to the tagline, because it is around Yakimak. It's just about the fact that players these days, if they're unhappy, can put out an Instagram, cryptic Instagram tweet, even if it's just an, an emoji and it gets everybody talking and it becomes a story and all the blogs write about it and all the podcasts talk about it because that's exactly what we're doing. But um, at the same time, like Jim, I understand the frustration that Yakimakis must be feeling. I had a chat with Big Lawrence before the game there uh, the other night against Livingston and, and Lawrence disagreed with me. But I, I feel that he's entitled to be a bit frustrated. And I, I watched a compilation of his goals uh, back there um, and a lot of the goals that he was scoring, I'm, I'm looking at some of these chances that we're not converting at the moment, Brian. Because my, my question yesterday is, what type of striker do we need? And maybe the type of striker that's going to convert a lot of these chances is sitting on the bench. What's your take? Should he start tomorrow? He should certainly start tomorrow, 100%. Um, and go back to my, my initial point in the show, I think Kyogo's been off form. I think he's been off form for a while. And as much as he's an excellent player, and I love him and I think he's been exceptional for us if you're out of form and you've got a Yakimakis sitting on the bench he should be starting it shouldn't be the case that just because he's played well let's keep him if Yakimakis is ready to go he has to start I, I think if he were the start against Aberdeen and Livingston the games would be more comfortable now I'm not saying Yakimakis is better than Kyogo or any of that madness I'm just saying in certain games where you just need somebody to stand in the box in a big unit and be in the right space at the right time I think he's your man for it. Um, I agree with Jim as well. I think against Rangers, he has to start. I think yeah. he's um, he's exactly what you need. He just anytime he's played against them, he's absolutely bullied their back four himself. He causes all sorts of problems. Even even he's not doing much on the ball. He's just a big nuisance off the ball. They always have to watch him. He can move. You know, he, he does this great thing when the ball comes in. And he kind of uses the, the defender's body to balance himself. He's steady for a strike. It's brilliant. He's set up for it, so I would definitely. I think. I think he will start anyway because I think there's going to be big changes tomorrow. I'd imagine. I think just a wee warning shot for the players to say, "Look, I know that there seems to be like a a sort of favourite eleven, but if you're not doing it, you'll be dropped." So I would imagine mm-hmm. you've seen. Um, and it, just going back to the the thing about some of the the youth players we're talking about, you talk about. Yakimaki's been frustrated. You know, Kyogo's not scoring, he's still on the bench. 
you imagine being a, a Boston Low or a Dean Murray or an O2 and you go Starfield, Jens, Carter Vickers there, Welsh is a wee bit out of favour, I might have a chance here and then they sign another player at yeah. 22 to develop and you go well hold on a second, if you're signing this young guy he's not, he's not going to come in well, I don't imagine, it might be wrong he's not going to come in and start ahead of Starfield and Jens, he's there for the future, he's 22 which is quite old for a Japanese youngster because they don't tend to start playing till later. If you're a Boston lawyer, you're going to say, well, I'm 19 turning 20. What chance have I got? I don't get the, the minutes. Why, if you're beating somebody 3 now, can I not come on for the last 15 minutes? If you're Rocco Bata, the same sort of thing. You know, <laughs> maybe some of your wingers are out of form, how can I not get a game? So I think there's, there's things there and if they're just no good enough, then they need to go. I don't see the point. I'd, it's just something that I've... I've I've been critical of Celtic for a long time with this stockpiling of players and young players and you know Scott Robertson was an example he's 21 now I know Andrew isn't happy that he went to the press and said he was leaving um, he probably I don't want to I wouldn't want to be him that day anyway when, when Andrew's going for that press conference but I can understand the example it's like why why keep him there he's 21 you know if he's 19 he's, if he's going to play or no or there's potential there and he has to they have to start getting minutes these boys and I just I wonder if it's Maybe Angie's been overly cautious, or if he just just doesn't think any of them are good enough. In which case, just let them go and start again. Yeah, and that's I think it's a hard you. balance in that, Brian. I think it's a really hard balance in that. It's all about winning games of football, and what you do, well, in my opinion, is you always play your best team. So if you always play your best team, you want to win a game of football. And 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 if you, I don't think it's the fact that maybe they're not good enough. It's just the fact that there are players there who are better than them, and there are players there that are more experienced than them. And that's who you're always going to play. Because yeah, kind of... you're spot on, but what, about the, what I'm saying is this young guy they're signed in, the, the, the Kobayashi, is he going to be better than Starfield or Carter Vickers or Jens? Or is he a development guy? And if he is, why have why have you a defender that wants to be developed and they're signing another defender to develop? He's in the same position. It's not like... Of course, of course, so but said before lots of times that basically guys like Lowell, that's the kind of guy that you really like to get out and loan if he possibly could to a St Mirren or a St Johnson or something like that so so they can play in the league and I know it's, that's, that's easier said than done because the teams have to want them in the first place but if you've got somebody playing I mean, like the boy what's his name Montgomery's playing with St Johnson these days <laughs> there's, there's, there's a good example so he's getting minutes basically so if your Lowell can go to St Johnson or Dundee United or something like that then you get a chance to see them playing up close you get a chance to play in the same league that you actually play in uh, it's a real balancing act. At the end of the day, if you're a football player, you're looking after yourself. That's basically it. You want in the team, you want the guy that's playing in your position not to be on form, to get injured, whatever, because you want people to get into that team. And from a fan's point of view, fans in, in the main are quite simplistic. They want to build up all these really good players so that if he gets injured, they can play this other guy. But if you're a Yakimakis and you're only getting 10 minutes and 15 minutes here and there, you're not happy. And Ange has to keep him happy because he's a vital part of the team. If you're a James McCarthy and you're not happy, and I'm Ange, I'm thinking, well, I'm not bothered if you because I don't see you as a vital part of this team. Mm-hmm. Whereas Yaki Marcus, I think, is a vital, vital part of this team. In terms of the kind of player that we need, it's a kind of, for me, a kind of Lee Griffiths type of player. Not Lee Griffiths, he <laughs> said, had. But somebody who's in the box, it's like Fox in the box, and who's got a dig on him and can score goals from 30 yards. We don't have that kind of player. He'd be great, somebody like that. You know, but I think we also do need a big physical presence because a lot of the times we're trying to play around teams and sometimes you just have to play over teams and have a big physical presence in there because that, if you don't have that, then that cuts your options down a bit. 
I think. No, I think you're right. And I do think Yakamakis is extremely important to this side. Um, but with regards to some of the points that's been made there, going back to Scott Robertson for a start, Brian, he's at an age where he should have played 100 games of football for Celtic. Yeah, you know, and, and he's nowhere near it. He's played one, he's played one game. And that happens so often. And I, I guess what Jim's saying there, at the end of the season, if we lost the league by a point, but we could say, but we've developed four players and they've all got 20 games, what would the fans want? So although we're talking about it and we're stripping it all down, eventually I think in the long term that would benefit you. But it's all about you've got to try and balance it, but also win the league. You've got to try and develop the players, but also win the league. And I, I totally understand how difficult that must be. You can be quite cynical with the whole thing. Do you need a youth academy? Do you need younger players? Do you? Or do you just go and cherry pick other teams? Because you've got so much yeah, money. That was the question I was just going to ask Jim. I was going to say, it feels like we should do this. It almost feels like we should do the Brentford thing. Where yeah. we don't bother. And we sort of look, yeah. we're a bit into pick from that. I feel like we're, we're, I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, we always feel like we're kind of, we're kind of half doing it. You know, if I say we're even academy, and that's going to produce the players at the highest level, they then do that. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Or do Brentford and stuff do and have your sort of system and then find the best players and bring them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I do that? I'm mixing the two of them and I'm not sure either's working hundred percent. I, I think the club would I argue. think it's actually yeah, sorry. Sorry, Paul. I think the club might again. That's not at all. I think the, the, the club might argue that the Academy has been a success. They might say, well, we produced Sean Maloney, we sold him for X amount, we produced Aidan McGeady, we produced Kieran Tierney. And over that period of time, that has at least broken even in terms of the players that we've produced. Then you look at today's team and you've got James Forrest, Cal McGregor, captain in the side, Tony Ralston playing loads of games. So they might argue that it has been a success. I don't know what you think about that, Jim. Something I'm a bit uncomfortable about, and maybe I'm just being overly sensitive about this, is I saw it on Twitter there, they've got kids in the under 10s so they're in at Celtic Park and they're getting a picture taken and their names in the jerseys and all this kind of stuff and I just yeah. think you know the success rate of that is like minimal you know and you've given them a taste and they must be thinking oh this is this is the future and they'll be so disappointed when they don't make it and I've seen a few of these uh, things in TV with like Crystal Palace was one of the things they're looking at young boys and, and they don't make it and I just for me that's a wee bit they're not at that kind of level yet. They haven't signed for Celtic, basically. You know, and you've dragged them in and all the parents are all dead excited, which is great, brilliant, fantastic. But when it comes that they're discarded, I think the level of disappointment is significantly greater than if they do that. And I think as a balancing act in terms of getting back to the big team, whereby do you have all this youth coming through? Because they're all getting fed up. They're not getting a game. 
and then the club, and then we're saying, well, there's no pathway there for these guys. Of course, there's no pathway because we have to win every single game we play. And unless your three goes up with half an hour to go, that's how they're putting the league cut against a kind of, you know, a Dumbarton or Wraith Rover or something like that. That's the only thing you're going to get a game. Fact. So don't complain. That's how it's going to be. Unless, as you see, Paul, we give all these young guys a game and we end up losing the league and then we'll get absolutely slaughtered. So it's not about bringing on young players. It's, it's definitely not about doing that. It'd be good if somebody came through. But football is such a... The reason that we love football is like, is like, is like you know, one game could change anything for a, for one guy. He comes on and scores a hat-trick and all of a sudden he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Get back to the early 80s, Charlie Nicholas was, was, was a fantastic talent. He can the team starts scoring goals in the first few games. He's in the team all the time. That could happen next week. I kind of... Brian mentioned the... Uh, Rocco Vata, you can come into the team this week and score a hat trick. All of a sudden, he's in the team. It's just, it's just a luck. A lot of the times, how these things can kind of work out. But in terms of the question, we have to play the best team time and again. And reverting back to the last time it was on with with Alan, you know, and stats are great. I think the stats things. What I like about the stats is actually how they get the stats, not so much yeah. the stats themselves. I mean, how do they know that that player ran that length or? had these kind of interceptions. How do you actually know that? I'm fascinated by that. The actual stats themselves, I'm no too fussed about. And in the last chat I had with Alan, it's all about the Hibs game coming up, so this, this is going to be tricky. Yeah. Tricky games coming up here because uh, the number of turnovers or something like that. And you're thinking, well, Hibs will attack. And anyone that attacks Celtic Celtic Park, we'll hammer them. And we hammer them. And then we played Ross County and, and, and Alan saying things like, maybe we should maybe leave Carter Vickers out, you know, maybe help America. And you're like, no, no. Because Roscoe don't score goals. No, you play the best team. And you play the best team all the time until you've got the games won. And what's good about the last couple of seasons is the five subs rule, mm. whereby you can change half of your team or you can change all your attacking options straight away. And that gives us a big advantage as well. So, so always play your best team. And if you don't get a chance, hey-ho, you know, that's the sport that we're in. It's about winning. It's all about winning. Talking about youth getting a chance, JP mentioned something yesterday that I was completely unaware of. Here's some stats for you guys. 14 years of age, 485 goals in 89 games for the AC Milan Academy. The player's name is Francesco or Francesco Camarda. He was promoted to the Milan under-19s team for a friendly and he scored two goals. He's 14. 485 goals in 89 games. Wow. But let's hope, because there's no guarantees, let's hope that the player develops. Um, this will take us into tomorrow's game. I'm bringing up a few comments as well. Andrew Galea had the song in his head all day. It is a grower. It definitely is. It gets under your skin. All the best from Tipperary, says Raymond Haddon. Keep up the good work, and you have a great Christmas with your family and friends also. Um, Gordon's back and asking what happened to Abelgard. He's not really been mentioned, so I'm not aware of an injury. But... Obviously, he's not been on the bench. And Joseph McGonigal, greetings from Plymouth. Enjoy your Christmas holidays, everyone. We've got a couple of people watching from Plymouth, actually, Joseph. Uh, Keith Oakden comes in on a regular basis. He's from Plymouth as well. Um, And on Facebook, uh, guys, we've won every league game bar one, wearing the silver stroke grey jersey, by the way. The secret is to score more than the opposition. I watch the show every day, but I do think you can overanalyse at times just a wee bit. Um, so thanks everybody for getting involved let's talk about the game tomorrow then last uh, five minutes of the show um, we've been talking a wee bit about Yakamakis and his cryptic emoji Instagram post Brian does he start tomorrow for you? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I think he would start. I'd be tempted to start Haksibanovic as well, plays a Jota. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with Jim. I think Jota looked a wee bit, I don't know, frustrated, but looked a wee bit out of ideas at times. Um, so I'd maybe, again, just a wee warning that no one's undroppable. Start him. I start Turnbull as well, plays a Hitati. I think as much as I love Hitati, we spoke about it the other day, eh, Paul. He's so, um, he's kind of, he's consistently inconsistent during games. So I would have Key Tumblr shot like him. Um, I think he's always a goal threat as well. Um, and I think probably the, the back four is, is going to pick itself. I was surprised Jens didn't start the other day. Um, I thought he'd have started over Starfield, but um, I, I suspect if Starfield's back to the team, he doesn't tend to change the defence too often, so I'd imagine that would be the same. Hmm. Well, I'm going to ask the same question to Jim in relation to the Yakamakis debate. Uh, and I know that we become more and more fond of players the, the longer they're out. The Bobo Baldy uh, kind of <laughs> springs to mind. Remember, he was out for ages. He became the best centre-half on the planet. Every week that Derek Riordan didn't get picked for Gordon Strachan, he became a better player. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking of which, you mentioned Lee Griffiths. I was reading this morning that Waterford may be interested in taking him to Ireland, giving him a contract over there. Hopefully he gets it. Hopefully he goes over and scores loads of goals. Um, what's your take on the Yakamakis, Jim? You, you've kind of been in favour of him from what you've been saying today. Would you start him tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you mentioned earlier about players taking to social media. I'm trying to envisage the conversation that Big Angel have with him because, I mean, nobody understood what that egg time it was all about. Can you imagine Ange sitting down with him too? So this, <laughs> what does this mean? Nobody knows what it means. So Yakimaki says... You would love to see that conversation, wouldn't you? You'd love ah, to just, find just, it just egg timer? Um, what? <laughs> what does it mean? Uh, it's not coming to do that. Okay, I... I give you that comment from Paul Paul Diet. Yakimakis for me should play. I agree with Brian. I think Yota could do with a wee rest. Haksabanovic to me is a bit more direct. Uh, maybe a bit, uh, uh, when he gets the ball, he's not more direct than Yota. That's just nonsense. But but just I like he's, he gets the ball and he wants to take people on. Uh, he's, he's got an eye for goal as well. If Rolson's not fit, is is Welsh still injured? Is well, still- I wasn't aware he was injured, but apparently so. Yes. I would, I would play. I'd, I'd play Jens at centre half and move Starfield to right back, uh, if, if that's the case. Uh, yeah, Abada still plays Abada, Yakimakis, and, and Haksabanovic. Uh, I'd leave Hatati alone. I like Hatati's is okay. I like Hatati. Uh, it'd be good if Tumble got some more minutes, but that's the same conversation we just had two minutes ago. That it'd be good yeah. if certain players could get could, could maybe get the minutes. And it's great to have the option of these kind of guys coming off the bench. But I think you have to give them the time. The comment that came on there, coming on in the eight second minute. That's, that's, that's too late to make an impact. You have to give players, I think, half an hour at least. Uh, and maybe we should be making a bit more subs at half-time because we have so many subs and that doesn't count in terms of the number of interruptions in the game. You know, So that, that's an option as well. But in terms of tomorrow, yeah, I think uh, same teams the other night. Uh, if one's fit, great. Uh, Yakimakis and, and Hacks are coming in for, for Yota and Kyogo. Yeah. Fair Jim, enough. I you and Paul. See, um, just you were talking earlier about you know, players getting chances, opportunities, maybe taking their luck. Hmm. If Ralston is fit tomorrow, see instead of moving Starfield out of position, would you consider giving Ewan Otu a start? Because he's been playing right back for the B team. And there's an opportunity for the guy who's right back for the B team who's linked to move away. Surely then he'd be the first place to come in. Have him on the bench. Have him on the bench. Have him on the bench. See if Starfield gets on the right back. Always play the best. Always, always, I, would, I would always play the best players. 
bringing that young guy in, expectation. He's played for the B team. How good are the B team? What kind of league do they play in, etc.? I think you want him in the bench, and I think if, uh, if there's an opportunity to give the guy some game time, then that's, that's an ideal time to give him. And I just think that things are so tight. And that was the thing about, you know, uh, a couple of seasons ago, the, the season that they get, they, get, they, get, they, get, they get stopped, I think if that season had continued, we'd have won the game with five or six games to go, and that's the ideal opportunity to play to play players. Whereas last season was really, really tight up until the second last game, so that was less opportunities for players. And I would always, my, as I say, my simplistic football philosophy, always play your best team, always play your best players. And if you get to a position whereby the game's won then that's the time that you give guys opportunities. Yeah, that was my biggest disappointment actually during many of the nine in a row seasons where we were winning the league at a canter. I, d- I just don't think we were giving the boys enough of those opportunities, Jim. Um, you know, if you're yeah. two or three nothing up at home, give 15 or 20 to a, a younger player coming through. Um, Kaiser comes in, he reckons, welcome to the show, Kaiser. Uh, we need a striker with aerial prowess and... Uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. Absolutely wouldn't disagree with that. Um, and there's a couple of um, ideas being mooted. A link with Bohemians FC and Wrexham. Um, and Andrew comes in talking about a club in Australia. There are nursery clubs, you know, some some clubs in European football who are developing youth players very, very well and getting to the point of getting them to 100 games by the age of 21 do have nursery clubs. And um, it's something that, you know, you'd need to look at the logistics. You'd also need to look at whether or not um, it's viable or even if it's allowed in Scottish football. But it's something that... Um, could well get your players at a higher standard than the fifth tier of Scottish football. Well, that's been a very quick hour. I've got to thank everybody for getting involved. I don't always bring up as many comments as I would like, um, so apologies if there's loads of burning issues in the comments section. Uh, keep uh, putting them up there because we do try and get you involved as much as possible. It's coming up to Christmas. We are going to be covering the game tomorrow as per usual. We're going to have Bendit like Bertie on the Sunday at 12.30 and um, although we might not be live every day, we will have a one-hour show every single day at 12.30 on the YouTube channel. Get yourself involved and in the meantime, I'm going to play you out with our charity single. If you haven't done it already, You can download it and stream it. The links are underneath this video. Have a great Christmas, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow on a Celtic Statum. Over a century has passed Since we first began our journey Across the sea to find the glory in the dream Just a tailor and a joiner The boys who rise and had to clear through troubled skies After constant days of struggle, they arrived in paradise This feels like heaven This must be the dream This feels like paradise The best we've ever seen The best we've ever seen In thousands, countless trophies stand displayed for all to view. Side by side, brothers and sisters reunited, and our children do the same. This feels like heaven. This must be a dream. 
formed in November 1887 by a number of Catholics in the east end of the city. The main objective of the club is to supply the East End Conferences of the St Vincent de Paul Society to support those in the missions of St Mary's, Sacred Heart and St Michael's. Many cases of sheer poverty are left unaided through lack of means. A football club will be formed for the maintenance of the dinner tables of our needy children. This feels like heaven. This must be the Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.